and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malazan read-through podcast. My name is Peter Bond, and with me today is my friend and closest confidant, AJ Faleri. Hello. Um, and rounding out the crew is Joshua Baker. I am here. We are here. India is not. Joshua, AJ, how are you doing on this fine day? We are uh, cruising towards uh, the end of The Crippled God. Book four over here. I'm really enjoying that every single time I open the book, there is less left. And uh, it's a very, not that I want, not that I'm like, oh, I hate this book, but I'm I'm very excited to be at the end. It's exciting. I mean, it's been years, so. (laughs) It's been years, literally, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not only has it been thousands and thousands of pages and words, it's so just... many words. I was I was thinking about today in the first episode of the show, Pete. You said how many words were in the entire series. Oh yeah, sure. And we've read most of them. You know, nearly, we've read nearly all of them. That's crazy. I'm gonna say we're probably over the hump past three million. So yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah, who who would have thought? You know, not mm-hmm. me. Beautiful day over here. My coworker cut my hair. That was fun. Looks great. Oh, um, thank you. Can't tell you're you're um, in a hat. Oh God, that's a, that's long in the back though. We going towards we heading towards the mullet. It's pretty evenly length all the way around, Josh. I can't you know tell. What? There's a hat. I can't. No, tell. I'm just saying. I'm just telling you. I saw I'm not it earlier. Speak about mullets because last time I said mullets were in fashion, AJ bullied me for being behind the mullets times. are. So well yeah 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 i hear that yeah um, i wouldn't say mullets mullets are in fashion but i wouldn't say like mullets are like the moment you know yeah which is what you were playing okay. you were like mullets okay, are back AJ, in a big AJ. way and it was like yeah they've been back in for like two years what are you talking about okay aj you're on the cutting edge what is the moment uh right now in this moment i do have a dog and he is just chewing a really hard uh chew toy directly next to me so if you hear odd chomping bumping sounds i'm sorry dear listener so this year's hottest trend is your dog chewing on my, my yes. dog chewing yeah yes. that's that's it i've not seen the dog yet and i'm feeling pretty left out that i've not seen peter's hair or aj's dog just saying um all right i'll, I'll pull this off i'll take my hat off and then yeah. aj just lift the pup up into the frame yeah let me okay oh my god peter <laughs> no it looks good that's nice he just took out their whole ass <laughs> that would not be even close to the first time Peter's taken out their full their whole ass in front of me. I'll cut that okay. out. Okay. I'll cut that um, out. <laughs> yeah, Josh has seen my ass a lot, okay? And that's well documented. I would say probably um, more than almost anybody. Interesting. I don't know. Think, I'd I have to think about that. You'd have to really think about but it. But I'd have to think about it. But, more than know? yourself, Josh? You've seen Pete's ass more than you've seen your own ass? No, I'm saying I've seen Peter's ass more than anyone else has I, seen I Pete's guess ass. I guess to be fair, I don't, oh. do you see your own ass that much? I check myself out. <laughs> yeah, every time, I, every time I go to the bathroom, every time I, I pass a mirror, I yeah. pop those cheeks in. The <laughs> Um, All right, everybody. Today, we are talking about book four, Fists of the World. That's right. We are talking about chapters 11, 12, and 13. So let's get into it. Let's go as the the protagonist in the hit new movie, the Super Mario Brothers movie. A a little movie you may have heard about, the Super Mario Brothers movie. However, (laughs) I just want to say I was actually a Mario fan before the movie came out. I feel like right now everyone's like Mario, 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 but I've been a Mario fan for a long time. Do we have an exit from this bit? I can do a Waluigi impression. Yeah, let's oh, I was sure, just gonna let's just... try <clears throat> let's let's try to do that. Yeah. Wah! Chapter eleven. 
Spindle works outside Black Coral. The Tist Andy have left the city. With the Bone Hunters, Banishar feels the bite of sobriety. The Bone Hunters take in more of this alien landscape, and Banishar notes that something has died here. Fistblistig uses his power to arrange for water to be siphoned away for him. His personal guards are sent to watch over it. Pors agrees to help, but does send note to Kindly. The commanders of the Bone Hunters discuss logistics around desert traversal, and they speak about the rumors around Tavor and what it means to be a soldier and to feel. After the meeting, Kindly and Ruth and Gud speak more about this. Soldiers and feelings. Tar speaks with Bottle about the water situation. The name, the Bone Hunters, and the forces at play within the deck. Wittershin considers his fellow soldiers, Sinter recalls her youth, and Kisweir falls unconscious because of an infection. Hellion too is sober, and her squad feels gratitude for her regardless. Herb thinks about the soldiers being called the Walking Dead. Saltlick thinks about hierarchy, and Flashwit and Gaunt Eye talk about Skulldeath. Hedge thinks on his past. Fiddler, the Bridge Burners, and the Walking Dead. Jastara thinks on a relationship to Gaul, and Shalamasa thinks about the situation herself. Henar Vygoff considers his youth, thinks about his father, and then speaks of Bryce and Aranek's relationship. He then talks with Ostara about happy endings and the potential of having children. Banishar speaks to Devor about what he heard as a priest and what he hears now when he looks to the heavens and sees the Jade Spears. Fiddler then thinks about the crippled god in Tavor, a book of the fallen, and what Whiskey Jack said to a child long ago. He thinks when they write the history of this time, the historians will be wrong, and that we are all the children of the crippled god. AJ, we visit? Who's that? Knock, knock, knocking on your door? Spindle. Hey, expecting a spindle cameo. I wasn't because I didn't remember spindle existed. So there you go. Okay. You're not the biggest spindle head. Well, I remember when spindle was in the story being like, oh my God, spindle is a character that I have feelings about. And then they were there when they were like, spindle's here. Remember him? I was like, yeah, but also definitely a name I know. <laughs> Spindle was also a character we cared about for the last ch- second to last chapter of Toll the Hounds when he was introduced. 
No, he was longer than that, wasn't it? Spindle's the which is the one that's um we're talking about the one that was that was a Malazan. Yeah. Spindle shows up and like forces Monkrat to redeem himself. That dude showed up out of nowhere and we had not seen him in fucking forever. Right, but we had seen him. You're correct. I'm just saying it's more than one chapter. Okay. Thank you very much. It is more than one chapter. It's just deep into that. But we had seen Spindle before that, hadn't we? I don't know. Yeah, but he's in Memories of Ice and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that book. So I keep dropping down on my lists at the end of these. I, I do I not see, remember Josh, that so book. Damn. On the continent of Ganabacus, it's kind of okay, following yeah, up yeah, from yeah, the story yeah. of Gardens of the Moon. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and, and the Paninian Daman is kind of there expanded it is. out. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. Paninian Seer I haven't is heard you say that for out. two years. Can you believe? I don't. Um, I didn't miss it. <laughs> Anywho. Three years? Um, Jesus. Uh, how did you feel about revisiting that setting and just briefly hearing about the Tistandi and kind of seeing that moment kind of just a snapshot in a way yeah no i mean um uh, it was nice i don't know i i i didn't have super super big feelings about it just you know at the end uh he cried and that was sad (laughs) yeah Yeah, i i I mean i think it's it's interesting what is is happening i'm not really a hundred percent sure what's happening I was really interested to learn that the uh, high priestess, uh, I can't, I couldn't remember if we knew that she survived or not, but it was a nice remembrance that she did. And that, I mean, from his, from Spindle's perspective, it was interesting to hear that he, he thinks that she is worse off for it. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, it's hard. I don't know if she's worse off in my opinion, but um, I do hear Spindle's point of view, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I guess I just wish I remembered more about how I felt about Spindle into because I remember like, I mean, obviously, I really liked all the Redeemer stuff and all the stuff around that with. Uh, see, I can't even remember who else was in that storyline. I really like that storyline. Spinock and Spinock then Durad, that's what it yep, was. And then uh, what well, I mean, in Icarium yeah. uh, or uh, Ecovian, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that stuff was great. But like, I just I'm so far away from those feelings that I'm like, who was the Tisty sure. Andy that hung out with them? Spinnock was the Tisty Andy. Spinnock was, was the, the Tisty. Who was the other guy? Um, the, um, what's his name? The the he was he was in the Panion Domin. Panion, uh, yeah, I can't think of the his name. Seared, Seared Domin. Seared Domin. His real yeah. name was revealed at the end of the book, but I don't remember what it was. Well, I agree, AJ. I think the way I relate to that storyline is not through Spindle. Um, mm. So revisiting him is. Um, I agree. My emotional connection to that part of the book is not was not about Spindle's return. You know. Yeah, it's like a secondary to a secondary. Yeah. In a way. All right, let's jump over to the Bone Hunters, where the majority of this chapter takes place. Very Bone Hunters, soldiers focused chapter. We're in the host, mm-hmm. uh, and that's right. We're starting with my guy Banishar. Big stuff for Banishar. Um, all right, look at me. Are we growing to love Banishar or what? Isn't he the best? He's he's something. Okay, what does that mean? <laughs> I think he's better than I thought he was, but he is sometimes insufferable. Mm. Dude mm. loves his worms. He loves the worms. <laughs> yeah. Um, Josh, what did you make of this in him? And then also there's all this speaking about him kind of observing the land, and there is a lot of talk more about kind of the crystals and this area. You know, I, as I've been saying a lot recently, I'm sure in a reread, people are like, and here it is. The spot where Steve laid the seeds for that thing that <laughs> happened in chapter 26. Because he talks about it to uh, 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 Bivadact. Did I say that wrong? I didn't say that right. Um, Aranic. Bivouac? Aranic. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> you say Bivouac? I don't know, dude. 
Uh, Aaronic talks about um, some stuff in in uh, one of the other chapters. Uh, there, there's a lot. There's a lot of history in the wasteland that is coming to light much faster than it has for centuries or millennia even. And uh, I'm really interested in it. No clue what it means. Loving it. Mm. Mm. Um, well, let me ask you a follow-up question uh, then about this whole ballistic storyline. Oh, um, yeah. I, Josh. I'm ready. Well, what do you think? I know you've been grinding your teeth over ballistic so far. It's really impressive how well Steve has moved Blistig in one book from frustratingly incompetent to downright dangerous to the rest of this army mm. um, due to his selfishness and, and his inability or unwillingness to kind of like commit to the cause. And uh, I, I despise him as, you know, you're supposed to. And uh, but I really love... He's, he's continuing this proud tradition all the way back to, that's right, folks, Corbolo Dom, people <laughs> who have risen above their competence level and mm-hmm. don't realize it. And I love that he goes to pores and he's like, look, we both get it, all right? We're both just two dudes looking out for numero uno, all right? Yeah. And it's all going to work out. And I love that the very next scene is pores calling to Stumpy McGilligutty and being like, all right, uh, well, <laughs> Fuck Blistig, please go report that he's essentially treasonous. Uh, really good stuff. Two thoughts in response to that, Josh. Um, first, did you like the pores bit? I think the pores bit's so good. The pores I just... bit has really I, a big old U-turn for Josh on on pores. Was when not... he says like the cream doth rise, rise to, to the, the top, top. Uh... <laughs> that's a good line. I I've been pretty cold recently on. Uh on pores i'm back baby all right he's great he's a big fucking dummy but he as far as i can tell maybe he really is looking out for his fellow man and that's great um later in chapter 13 with some of the gray bliss gray stuff and gray swords and and the parish and the sorry gray helms and the parish talking about nature man man yeah on war with nature i think there's an interesting connection here to talking about this water crisis and hydration that the bone hunters face mm. as being like man at war with nature in this literal sense yeah. of having to contend at this kind of final penultimate, I don't know, and like one of the final challenges that this army is facing is is like this enemy of thirst in a sense. I, I find that kind of moving. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it really makes you not want to be in a desert dehydrated. Shit seems <laughs> bad. Yeah. All right, AJ, so uh, next there's this uh, big uh, council scene. A lot gets talked about. Yeah. Um, a lot of the commanders are having a big conversation. Uh, uh-huh. what, uh, what stood out to you from it? I think, and this might be a cop-out, just generally the vibe from this council is like, not hostile, but it's like the most like, what the fuck is Tavor doing? that we have like seen throughout the series, I think. And I mean, we've, I think slowly been kind of building these feelings, obviously. Um, But I think a lot of that comes to the head here. And like, this is the first time I feel like I also am like, what the fuck is Tavor doing? Like, unless her MO is to like, make sure that everybody hates her by the end of this, for some reason, because like they need to hate her so that like, whatever you know some cosmic reason or whatever like i truly am just 
like I'm along for the ride, but I am so lost, I think. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and where do you think you're getting lost? I'm I'm curious to why this is the this is the time. Well, I'm just like lost of what her goals are. I thought we would be getting a little bit more clarity, but it doesn't really seem like we're there yet and i feel like we're probably not going to get it until like the last chapter or something when it's like hi i'm tavor Perrin, and this yeah. is what i've been up to for when, three million words when we get one flashback from her talking to somebody and yeah. being like no tavor don't do it and she's like it's the only way that's no yeah. i must do this and then this and then this and if then i this. don't x then y won't right. see right exactly that's that's exactly where i'm at and i'm like missing I'm missing Y and Z, I guess is what I'm saying. Like yeah. the X, X is like all the shitty stuff that yeah. her, her if I don't hunters are going absolutely through. ruin this army through terrible decisions on a strategic level. Then what then though? What's the then? Right. But like, it feels like it's on purpose, right? Like I haven't, I, I, cause every other decision she has made throughout this series, like has a purpose and like has worked out and everybody in the end is like, Oh my gosh, wow. Tavor really knew what she was doing. Mm hmm. And so like this has to have a purpose. And I don't know if it's like she's trying to break everybody down until they're like finally ready to like at the very end, all the bone hunters are gonna be like, we love the crippled God. And he's going to start shooting like lasers out of his dick or something right? like, yeah, uh, y- you know, uh, now, I, can you actually elaborate on that? How do you think the lasers come out of the dick? So it's a it's a magic thing, right? So there's a second yeah, yeah, urethra yeah. Um, oh. and it actually it actually wait, switches. Wait, is, that, is that abnormal? <laughs> No, so I'm I'm telling you, like you know how you have a second urethra. Yeah, yeah, I know. There's I actually know. a third urethra. Oh, whoa, and that one's three? just for lasers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, okay, so, wait. I have three urethra. Is that not the norm, <laughs> Peter? Dude, it was. It was funny when Josh tried normal. to punch it up, but I think um I think it can only do one okay. punch up. Yeah. Okay. What What the fuck is this? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> people right, just buddy. telling me how much they don't like uh ball busting humor um and so i've decided <laughs> to just fully lean in yeah. uh, i i've honestly don't and now every time someone has ever said something kind of in light jest i'm like oh no <laughs> but I, as a joke but also in my frail heart i'm like oh no don't say that about <laughs> no peter is it was it was good and it's it is it is it is normal to have three if you can shoot the laser that's what that's the third i'm glad you like my joke and i'm glad we're friends thank you (laughs) i'm also glad we're friends and i like making this show with you no this is nice oh all right um uh josh were you were you in have any sort of similar thing uh with the tavor scene did you feel like you were kind of with them did you read it as in the same way aj did i honestly i just really got caught up in the realism of this scene you know like mm. i was also really struck by they were talking pragmatic solutions baby. Mm-hmm. it was legit everyone had they're talking about like how many days of low rations before there's mutiny how many times can this happen before we you know this i, I mean it, and it's i totally get why they're having that discussion and i was really struck by i know ruth and good was very for tavor what was it that really got kindly though do you guys remember because I remember Kindly also really being on the Tavor train, but I can't remember what his reason was, and I found it really interesting, but I'm blanking on it right this uh, He says, you can't ask soldiers to open their hearts, something like that. If they did, they, they would never take another life. 
Well, I think that happens in the follow-up conversation. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was just when, looking. I just... when kindly and God are kind yeah. of diving into yes. okay, divorce yeah. thing. Which, Josh, I would love to hear your thoughts on about this whole like soldiers opening your hearts. Like, what does yeah. it mean for you to open your heart and feel something? I, I think this the, the the conversation's really great. I mean, obviously, kindly is not someone we've gotten into the head of for very long, and Ruth and Good's still a pretty new character too. So nice seeing their points of view. And we know kind like kindly is known as being we have learned through other officers that he is the way he is because he feels that soldiers need a target for their anger. And so it's really interesting to hear this conversation, Ruth and Good being like, maybe there's other ways to soldier. Maybe the fight mm. can be less about being mad at the person in front of you and and fighting for other reasons. Um, I do get why they disagree on it. Uh, I would imagine hatred and obedience are pretty good at getting people to kill one another. So I understand why Kindly's like, why fix what ain't broken? <laughs> yeah, I think there's a parallel to the conversations around the shake and like, I was motivating getting, the I shakes was to fight. Just and thinking they're... that. Just had popped in my head. Yeah. All right, AJ. We we are turning to some of the other soldiers. Mm. Um, there are a lot and there's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. There's there's this whole conversation with tar and bottle. Did that speak to you? They're talking about water. And then there's the whole thing about like the piss drinker or something in the deck. I forget what the exact joke oh, is. Oh, it's so good. The whole yeah, scene a... <laughs> with them being like, I wouldn't, I would look, I wouldn't drink my piss, but a lady's piss. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Just thought um, it was so fucking dumb. I loved it. Yeah. Um, honestly, I remember li like going through this part and being like, wow, this is the f like first time I'm like really jiving with a lot of the soldier stuff. I'm loving what's happening. I'm loving all these conversations. And now, right now in this moment, you're like, hey, what did you like about this? I am like, oh, <laughs> like I truly I don't know what happens to me with these soldier scenes that I cannot hold on to any of it. Yeah, listen, brother, I'm in huge agreement with you. I feel like there's certain se like several of these scenes stand out very big to me. Mm. But then I also feel like, you know, when it's like just it's almost like it's just a really fast montage between all these soldiers. And some of them, I feel like I only have one or two hooks into. Mm. So, you know, when like salt lick is talking like not to slam salt lick or like flashbit and gone like i they are talking about skull death and i don't even have a huge connection to skull death do you know what i mean mm. um so just some of those scenes i do feel like kind of wash over me if i'm being honest yeah i was gonna say uh with with this stuff i thought it was really interesting that they were talking about the origins of the name the bone hunters yeah because, because as, as we know that came uh, from Fiddler feeling that there was a need for this army to have something bringing them together. And so that was from Fid and I think Cuddle helped out. And I thought it was really interesting that like, oh, these people don't even know that it was a fabrication. Like it was a thing purposefully created with intention. It didn't just happen. It's kind of a story they told. Yeah, exactly. It's I, I thought that was really a cool thing to see because like I see Tar and Bottle as like, Oh, God, we didn't talk about it, but there was a chapter. I don't think it was this chapter, but there was a chapter where someone was like, I want to be part of the in crowd. What do I have to do to be part of the in crowd, you know, yeah. of the group? Oh, I think that's, that's this in chapter. This. Is that yeah, chapter? Wittershins talks to. Oh, uh, you're right. You're right. That's so yeah. good. And to think about like. They're like, oh, there isn't a lead. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, and to see, to to see like it. Tar and Bottle, who would undoubtedly at this part point be part of the elite, you know, went through Yagatem and all that stuff. To see them still be like. 
So like, how did this happen? Like, I find that incredible and and very realistic. Yeah, and it's interesting too, their roles as like kind of being leaders, but also I think if someone were to be like Fiddler, you're a major leader of the Bone Hunters, I don't think he would engage with that title in power and position, but I do yeah. think he does like wield his influence in a way to help other people in like towards response. Like I don't think he's denying the sense of responsibility. I think he's like denying wielding that position. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I actually did like the, this, uh, that bit with um, Center just like talking about Kissware and stuff, because I feel like for the most part, we've gotten a lot of Kissware's thoughts and how Kissware feels about Center and, you know, how she is adapted into the military and all this stuff. But to see to see it from Center's POV being like, oh, my sister's so cool. She's so great. Like she defected but then you know she found it within herself to bring back you know masangalani and the burn tears and stuff and whatever um i don't know i just thought it was really nice and i i liked seeing it it's a different point of view from the character like yeah. on the character than from being within it so yeah all right there's a few other soldier conversations i don't know i'm looking down the rest i i'm, I'm not gonna lie oh do you know what i like the henar vigolf scene yeah um, that was nice i'm too bad he's gonna what about well too bad he's gonna fucking beef it now you know <laughs> that's rule number um, one of stories where people die like you, you see the flashback think, of their childhood you and, can't think about your cool dad all right cool dad's number one way yeah. you beef it yeah. It's first grade stuff. I don't know how this guy didn't know. I I did really love in that bit when we the 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 echo of the thoughts he had as a child about the woman he would love. Yes. And then what he tells uh uh Lestara at the end is like is the same thing. Oh my god, that was like like broke my not broke my heart, but like filled me with such joy. Yeah. Um, it's really beautiful. It's, it's really a beautiful, beautiful little section. Yeah. Yeah. Um I also think there's a I have a transition, but I do want to say, did either you want to speak about the Justara Gall stuff or the kind hedge of bridge burner stuff? I'll talk. I my only thought on the Justara thing is, I'm curious what is so important about the Kundral burn tears to the rest of the story because I don't think you can imagine a better sunsetting point for them to not need any more POVs than. Most of them die. Their leader goes into despair and they sort of get they get absorbed into the bone hunters. So all I can imagine is there's got to be some reason that we're still seeing this, but a weird scene. Mm. I mean, good on Justara. No, sorry. Yeah. Is that his wife or Shelamasa? Shelamasa is his wife. Good on yeah. Shelamasa for her attitude on life and younger people and, you know, how others need us. Really, really incredible viewpoint considering her situation. Found it pretty weird that it was like, we, that the others were all like, well, you got two options. We're either going to slut shame your daughter-in-law or we're going to call your husband a rapist, basically. So <laughs> pick or choose. I, I hated that. I was like, look, grief's kind of complicated and these these tribal conditions are complicated. We don't need to fucking yeah. be mean to each other. Yeah. Um, I think I would have rather have seen these scenes from Gaul's POV because he has been the one whose head we have been in. I am. Yes, I, I, I would like to know what has become of him. 
I'm like, I, I would just, I, I would rather, I mean, I think it's this like familial drama or whatever is like interesting, I suppose. But I think I'm more interested in how Gaul is feeling in this moment and, and the, the mm-hmm. like how, how he's feeling about the choices he is making currently and you know why he is making these choices, you know, but I think it's, there's obviously a reason that it's being kept from us in this moment. So I guess I'll just vibe with it. All right. Did we want to talk about the hedge and the bridge burner stuff? Because that did stand out to me a little bit. And just this repeating thing about the Walking Dead, the speech, and now it's being echoed here and kind of talking about a little bit more. Yeah, I thought that was kind of uh, it's I thought that was kind of silly in a in a, like in, in a way where he's like, oh, he gave the Walking Dead speech. Like, yeah, we all know that Walking Dead speech. Is yeah, pretty yeah, fun. yeah. That. Oh, that was great. Yeah, if um, if you've ever played Walking De- or uh, if you ever played Mass Effect and and Mass Effect Two, in the first Mass Effect, there's a guy at a mission who gives this whole big speech, and he keeps coming back to like, no matter what, we hold the line, blah blah blah, we hold the line, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And then in Mass Effect Two, you meet a character who knows that guy, and he's like, oh, did he give like the whole hold the line speech? Like, yeah, it's he loves he loves saying hold the line. Uh, I just think it's H-A. just like, a very funny bit every time. So you're saying Steve played Mass Effect? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. AJ, I absolutely loved hearing your opinions and thoughts about Mass Effect. Is there somewhere else I could like find out about that? Uh, no, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Well, no worries about that. Um, <laughs> I don't host another podcast called Asynchronous, a video game catch-up show, and uh, you can't go follow us on Twitter and uh, Tumblr at AsyncPod. Well, uh, I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> More more attention for us here at Ten Very Big Bucks. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and to be clear, uh, the reason that they can't is because um, I was going to come up with an insult, but now I don't want to insult our readers. Actually, they're our uh, listeners. They're pretty cool. Well, um, there you go. Yeah. Okay. But no, uh, I did. So, I did like this scene. I just I like I always like hearing Hedge's POV of being a person who is now back from the dead. Um, he has this line. Uh, oh, good. The Tori read also pointed it out. He has this line, uh, it, like, it was easier when I was dead. He could put me away on some shelf in his skull and leave me there. But now that he's he's talking about Fiddler's, uh, you know, feelings about about Hedge coming back. And I just thought that was a really, I don't know, it's, it's, it's an interesting way to conceptualize grief, I guess. Um, but mm. I do think it, it, it brings a, a clearer light onto what it means for Hedge to be back uh for you know from fiddler's pov it's like you know he was just on the shelf in his skull and then all of a sudden he is back here in real life you know um no well i do want to touch on fiddler himself but i did want to point out i think there's a cool connection between the happy endings kind of conversation around hannah vigolf and i do think there's a connection to the banishar stuff because he's talking about isn't someone talking about stories their mother told and that fixing fixing the endings to fix them? And I just thought that was a, a kind of interesting element throughout this chapter, obviously relating to us as we are uh, ending the series here. Mm. You think our ending's going to be happy? I have no comment. Um, Josh, <laughs> Fiddler, a uh, lot of Fiddler's talking about a lot of stuff here. He does talk um, about the prologue to Gardens of the Moon, which is funny. Shout out to the prologue in the Gardens of the Moon. Yeah. Did you catch that, AJ? Sorry, what? Sorry, the 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 shout out to the prologue of Gardens of the Moon. I don't think yeah. so. Yeah, Fiddler's like, you know, one time me and Whiskey Jack were hanging out in this keep overlooking Mox Hold, and he talked to some kid. He was talking to Ganoes Perrin. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that is the that is the prologue of Gardens of, of, Gardens of the, Moon. the Moon. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Open and see, baby. Yeah. 
Damn. Um, really interesting, by the way. I just am so... Ugh, I don't know how to feel about the crippled god anymore, which is insane to me. Because book fucking six, seven, whichever one, uh, House of Chains. Four. No, uh, which one's six? Bone Hunters, stop. Yeah. <laughs> the Bone Hunters? Crippled God is like objectively the bad guy. Yeah. Like there is no two ways about it. He is the bad guy in that book. And to think we've gotten here and maybe he's cool. I don't get it. I have so many questions. I'm so curious. Can't wait. Yeah. I don't know if it's cool. To be fair. I don't know if he's like a cool guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anything. I'm I'm I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. I think I have been pretty I've had pretty complicated feelings about the crippled God, I think, since since post Bone Hunters. Um, like, I mean, I th- and I think that's by design, right? Like the way that he is painted is less so of this like fingered twiddling Mr. Burns ask villain um, and more so just like this poor guy who is just in so much pain. I feel like that's all I think about is is whenever I think about the crippled God um, after book six, it's just like, man, he just hurts so bad. And I feel really bad about that. Mm. Mm. Well, it's interesting to hear your guys thoughts about it. Um, And I really like this scene from Fiddler. I don't really have anything else to add to it. Um, So I think we should thank everyone who generously backs us on Patreon. It's just Axel. Uh, just Axel? Yeah. It's just Axel. Here, uh, I, here, let me play some Guns N' Roses. No. Nice. Thank you so much to Axel, uh, our singular new patron the last two weeks. If you want to join our Patreon, I'm sure that they love that. I'm sure they love... <laughs> I can do another one. Yeah, I, I think the issue was the song, one. actually. Can, can you do a different song? Is that your Waluigi? No, it's Welcome to the Jungle, baby. I thought you were doing Sorry. it in your Waluigi. Welcome to the Jungle, baby. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. <laughs> uh, thank you very much to Axel, and thank you to everybody else who supports us on Patreon, and thank you just generally for listening. Uh, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash 10verybigbooks. We've got epigraphs episodes. We've got episodes where we talk about movies. We've got a couple of videos. Also, if you want to support us another way, tell a friend about the show, leave a review. Thank you. We also always, we always are also okay with personal compliments sent on Discord. So that's I, totally an acceptable way. Josh, I thought you were going to say we accept personal checks. Um. No, no, I do. <laughs> Joshua Baker. Also, yeah. we can take some direct money transfers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just wire, wire P- transfer. Box, my bank account. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, we appreciate your patronage and we will get into it now the next chapter this is a good segue chapter 12 the battle on the shore rages pithy observes pulley and squish helping the wounded pithy heads towards the command and notices the Eleosian looking identical to the andy besides their skin the Eleosian retreat into the breach after a push led by pithy Jan Tovis watches the aftermath of the battle. This was a test of their forces. And the real assault will come soon. She considers kneeling to this sacrifice of her soldiers. But she does want to stand with her people. 
With the Leosian, Forge considers if chaos has overtaken them. If the blood of the Elaine runs too thick. He considers the battle to come, the weakness of their opposition, and the shake forces. Then Aperol Forge thinks about Father Light and what his union with Mother Dark brought to this realm. The Leosian look forward to victory, taking Carcanus and putting Atisti Leosian on the throne. So they attack once again. Sandalith walks through the palace, thinking back to her childhood. She remembers Silchus Ruin, an alliance of the defeated, and battles of the past. Withal holds her throughout this and is able to pull her out of her memories. She awakes and wants to surrender the city to the Leosian, but they are sure Yedin Derek will not yield. She feels like she is being held hostage yet again. Yedin readies his people for battle. The Sheikh prepare and the forces of Carcanus advance. Let's get ready to rumble, baby. This is really brutal on the video call because the delay is just hell. I really wanted. I want. Oh, this is a different song. Revenge busting now? Absolutely not. Revenge boys. All right. Um, this chapter is icky. <laughs> yes, to quote uh, AJ earlier today in chat, uh, today at 4.32 p.m., just casually eating leftover pizza while listening to the most brutal fucking battle descriptions. Yeah. It was um, really bad. Uh, that was at the toward the end when she lifts her spear through the guy's skull, and we talk about like the oh, scraping yeah. of teeth against the blades of the spear. Really, really visceral stuff. Yeah. Really bad. Anyway. All right, Josh, we're touching in. La- the last time we see... Uh, the battle has begun and we see this. Sorry, kind of sorry, first- sorry, sorry. I'm so sorry. We need to start at the epigraph here um, because it's. Oh, I wanted to talk about the first epigraph, too. Yeah. The first epigraph is an excerpt from Woodcutters. No, that's the that's the one for the. Oh, what did you want to talk about with the. Sorry. What did you want to talk about with the. There was Woodcutters a whole thing- is the one for the book. And I think in that one, there's a whole thing about being gripped or closed, and the book is called Fist of the World. I just was making a connection to the title. What do you want to talk about here? Uh, I just wanted to talk about here uh, that the it's an excerpt from Book 11, Throne, Scepter, Crown, um, which is very adjacent to Orb, Scepter, Throne. Different. Uh, okay. Different. Different. Definitely different. But it's still there. Yeah, anyway. I, had this, I had the same thought. Thank very you. Curious. Sorry. I'm just, I'm not on the epigraph episode, so I want people to think I'm smart, too. Um, AJ, do you know what you could do? You could read Orb, Sept- Orb Scepter Throne. Fun book. Yeah. See if there's a relation. Okay. Let's get into it. Josh, so v- visiting this battle, it's finally begun. What do you make of it? This first, like, test push by the Leosian. What do I make of it? Number one, things I don't want to do in my life. Fight an army, a raptoring room portal, on a beach that I think's made of little bones. But like, 
even on a regular beach would suck ass. No, thank you. The worst place to fight beach. That's that's Josh's take on that. You think um, beach is tough fighting ground? Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I don't like the beach in general, but yeah. Uh, other things, I guess. You know, pretty brutal battle descriptions, as we've said. Um, mm -hmm. Really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the inner monologue of Pithy being a uh, pulley. Uh, no, it's Pithy. Pithy. God damn it there's too many of them uh really enjoyed uh pithy sort of going from lost and confused to thrust into a, a leader a position of leadership and mm. having one success and then like through sheer luck being saved from dying and then getting the rush from that like really interesting take normally in these combats we are in the pov of like veteran fighters and it's important to remember that like pithy and brevity like the one time they fought was against some other prisoners basically mm. and uh like in little things like they felt like the sword felt clumsy in their hands they didn't really feel comfortable swinging things around like it, it was really interesting and really showed in perspective that like these are their leaders what what hope do these guys have but apparently pretty fucking good hopes uh based on the outcome of this this chapter I want to hear what H.A. thinks in a sec, but I did just want to touch on something you said there, Josh, because although I complain sometimes about the number of soldiers growing and that there are all these soldiers who we only have a I, I only have a light connection to, I do something that's something as cool as the, as like veteran soldiers like Fiddler or something are really highlighted. I do think the series does constantly portray that like every battle is someone's first battle and it's like a, this kind of fundamental experience to them or there it that there are people who are not at this like yeah i don't know it, it's showing that spectrum of experience and i think uh that's what you reminded me of there mm. aj what stood out to you about this battle itself because before we kind of cut in to see the leosians half i love that we're just right into it i mean we saw the beginnings of it in the last section but the fact that we are now just in the midst of this full ass battle going on is just so good. I totally agree with what Josh said about Pithy's and what you were saying as well about Pithy's POV being just like so, so cool and such a great illustration of war in general, I suppose, with, you know, uh, you don't really know battle until you're really in battle uh, kind of thing, but also just the state of the shake kind of in general being these people who like, you know, I don't know how many, how long in real or how long in book time it has been for them, but they've only recently been like, Hey, we are this whole group of people now and we're going to have to go do this whole thing. And now they're all just thrown into this battle on uh, the beach. And to clarify, I want to make sure I'm getting the, the, if you don't mind, Peter, some of these logistics, correct. So, mm. The forces of good, we'll call them good. We have the Shake, who, mm -hmm. as AJ just pointed out, are a pretty loose collection of peoples. And they definitely, a lot of them live together, but I do think some were kind of gathered along the way, like AJ was saying. Mm -hmm. But they're not the ones fighting first. Correct. First up are all of the prisoners and people from Lether who were on that island that uh, that one Shake guy ruled. And the ones who were with twilight yeah the ones that While yeah, she it, was still in lether in the lether uh, army i don't think her troops came with her i thought they did i think what you're thinking of is yet in dereg has his elite soldiers that i believe are shake and trained by the lether 
but uh, I'm pretty sure Twilight left on her own. But so we have the we have three forces, correct? We have the Lethers who bore the brunt of the first attack, supported mm-hmm. by the Watch, who are yet in Derek's elite. Then there's the Shake, who do the second attack and are led by uh, Bravity. Mm-hmm. I think that's correct, right, Peter? That's my understanding as well. Okay, good. And I thought it was really interesting, not to keep stealing the, the talking time. Please. I thought it was really interesting that um, the uh, Leosian were actually relieved after the first fight that there were no Shake there. And I do wonder if there's some mysterious shake bullshit where like when they're on the shore fighting the ocean they all just get fucking yoked or something like mm. i i'm i want to know if there's going to be some some kind of supernatural stuff going into that yeah i will say i do want to double check what you said josh i'm not like the most confident in my answer so i do want to double check but i think you you're sound right to me i do um, think definitely the lethery were the front lines because they describe them i remember them describing the the first line of Letheri people being hoisted up onto spears as the Leosian come through the rent. And and from the Leosian POV, they talk about how, like, there weren't any shake. They were just mercenaries. But I know that there there are shake in reserve. And, yeah, because then later they say um, Pithy gets pulled out and um, she's standing with the Letheri who were part of the first attack who are, like, eager to get back into the mix. Which, Mm. like, first off, good on them. I can tell you 100% right now, if I'm in a fucking Mortal Kombat life or death fight and I get pulled out and I get told, take take a breather, second line's coming in, I'm not standing back there like, put me back in, coach, I'm ready. Mm. I'm like, fuck this. How how do I get out of here? So good on these Lether for uh, mm. finding their newfound bloodlust within them. <laughs> yeah. Um, AJ cutting in to Lightfall, like through the wall, so to speak. Yeah, cool um, stuff. We're with the Leosian. We see a whole point of view. We haven't really seen them, I think, maybe since that whole establishing chapter. Yeah, I since the of, very beginning when they're like, we actually hate Osric. We're doing our own thing and we suck. Yeah, that whole um, thing. Yeah, so what did you think of returning to this and seeing a little bit more about where they're at? I think it's interesting. And, and their perspective on the battle. Sure. I, I think it's interesting that everybody is aware that like, OK, this was their first kind of poke to see what's up, to see if they can then send everybody to then have the dragon come through later. I did you catch what the name of the first attackers was? The main of chaos? No, that was no. something else. Uh, so the first attackers, I was very confused because from Pithy's point of view, she notices a young person and a super old person. And then the Leosian uh, Ap- Aperol's like, oh, I can see the rem- remnants of the forlorn hope. And I'm like, were these like prisoners? And there was a woodcutter's axe, remember? They were like, why is there a woodcutter's axe? I'm curious if like, this first group that went through is like literal prisoners or something who were like mm. ill-equipped and were like literally sent in to die. Cause why else would they be called the forlorn hope and sure. have woodcutters axes? Interesting. We do not know I, yet, but I'm very curious of that. I didn't clock the woodcutters axe being from their end, but that totally makes sense. Uh, I I, side note. I, I did love the, the knife never, <laughs> never mind knife or whatever his name is. 
uh, whose hand gets chopped oh, yeah, off. Yeah, and, he's yeah. like, and, and then that's why Pithy gets put in charge. And she's like, where's Knife? And they're like, yeah. his hand got cut off. He's going to go get it scabbed and then he'll be right back. And then he comes <laughs> back and he's like, you'll know it's my sword because my hand's still around it. Ha ha ha, stab. <laughs> Yeah, and then he finds his sword with a full head impaled on it. Just absolutely. No, that's later. That's yet in Dereg. That was yet in Dereg. Yeah, he's like, "Why is my sword so heavy?" Someone's like, "You have Uh, there's like there's a head on it." My mistake. I thought it was when I thought he was looking for his sword. Um, But yeah, so back to the Leosian stuff. I I I thought this was interesting, Josh. I did not clock the name of those people, but that is also interesting. Um, There's a lot of proper nouns being thrown around that I was barely touching on but the main of chaos comes up a few times and it's something we haven't heard before in relation to the elaint uh or just the ability to yeah i guess they're they're elaint here not soul taken right um mm-hmm. or they are soul taken and they just they call are soul taken the main they of have chaos. the blood of the elaint in them yeah that's thank you and i think the main of chaos is just like that overwhelming feeling when you become a dragon yeah. and you're like fuck i could be a dragon forever <laughs> yeah sick I love being a dragon. Yeah, I thought that was very cool to have like a a phrase for it and to see uh, whoever this character was. I do not remember who this who what character this was talking about, like "Ah, we shouldn't turn into dragons because then our people will, you know, are we even Leosian anymore if we just keep turning in dragons like we're just going to end up being dragons. And a pretty big book tent reveal to learn that Steve did read Animorphs. (laughs) <laughs> really big reveal here um with this whole plot line love it um, what's what's her name cape kp applegate was that the author something like that dude that I, I wow that's a pull wow i'm really surprised with myself thank you uh, i i i'm saying thank you to myself i guess i don't know um <laughs> thank you thank you everybody thank, thank you. me and thank me <laughs> um okay wait potential bad news have you not been recording? I just skirt Googled KP Applegate. Not what it is. It is what it is. I yeah. Don't <laughs> yeah. Wait, oh, hold on. Sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry. Wait. There nice. we go. Sound nice. effects back. are back. I forgot about that. Um, Josh, in the castle, there's kind of a whole emotional sandalith sequence. Scene ever. With okay. Queen Sandalith. So. Tell me about it. Twilight calls her Queen Sandalith. It's so good. Uh, it's so good. Everything. The emotional vulnerability, the the reluctance, but acceptance of needing to kind of confront what you went through, learning so much more about what happened to the Andy who fled, to um, Sandalith, who we've, I've, we've, we've never known how she ended up uh, in mm. the, where she did. Um, I mean, truly an incredible, uh, incredible scene. I, I loved every bit of it. And makes me want to read Carcanus. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. AJ, did you have such a strong reaction as well? Yeah, this, it's fucking ruled. I love this. I, I love Sandalith. I love learning about people's pasts. Uh, I hate learning that people were hostages or whatever. Uh, that sucks, but... Yeah, I, I I like it. I am queen and I am hostage both. No one can take me until they decide to. It's good. Uh, it's good stuff. It's and, and really like good. all her inner thoughts are are all you know that caliber of you know writing or whatever you want to say. It's just a great great section of the book. All right, I agree. The section absolutely rules. I have nothing to add to what you said. Um, before we kind of move away from this chapter, we do see 
um, Yedin, the Sheikh, and kind of this half kind of getting ready as the battle's going back into it. Josh, AJ, what do you think is going to happen next at this next stage of the battle? Well, Josh has got me feeling really worried now because <laughs> I think those first people I was worried, first of all, I, I just have been worried because I, you know, because they had said this first thing was just like a poke just to see what's up. But now that Josh is like, oh, maybe they were just like literally farmers um, and not <laughs> warriors it gets me really worried for when the actual warriors do come through. Well, and to relieve those worries, the second force that gets repelled by the shake and brevity, those are actual soldiers, 100%. Yeah. And they are the ones that get repelled at the end of this chapter mm. pretty handily. Um, we don't see the aftermath, so obviously Yet and Derek's watch could have lost a whole bunch of people at this point, but we don't know that. But I so do they did repel them. Yeah, I did love the bit when they were like, Yet and Derek fucking wrecked shit with that cool ass sword. Yeah, uh, that's really I, I loved it. I didn't need to see him fighting. If you just tell me he had a cool sword and he killed a lot of guys. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and he did. He he did. Know, I know he did. Did We're going to come back to Yet and Derek's sword in a second here. What do I think is going to happen? First off, Steve gave us the bait. All right. We have the bait. The dragon. He's given us, he's given us two equally likely options which means a third one has to happen, right? Option A, the dude who's just like, fuck, I love being a dragon. I'm going to be a dragon forever. He runs through, gets killed, closes the rift. Or the leader that Appalar Forge is just like, you can't do it. You mustn't. And he's like, ooh, but I kind of want to. Ooh, I should be the first one in there, right? <laughs> Neither of those can happen now because they got put into the universe. No, that's right, folks. Appalar Forge is going to be the one that turns into a dragon and we're going to be very sad because he kind of seems like he's with it. And he's the one that's going to beef it and seal the, the light fall. Mm. That's my that's my prediction. Wow. Well, uh, I guess no, but we'll pause, see. But pause, but pause, but pause. Did we know that the Hust swords specifically are meant to kill the Elaine? No. B, pretty fucking thematic that the only two Elaine POVs we have now have between the two of them three Hust swords meaning they now officially have the ability to kill one another. Silchus Ruin, and I always forget Udinas' child's name. Rudalal? Rudalal. They, they only have one. Have a, they now, no, they have three. Silchus Ruin uh, carry. Oh, Silchus Ruin doesn't carry Hust Swords. You're right, you're right. Yeah. But there is now a Hust Sword between them yeah. that allows them officially to kill one another. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I want, that, I want that to be out there now that we know that Hust Swords kill, dra kill dragons real good. Dargans. <laughs> My favorite game is Dargans and Doongans. Yeah. Um, In French, right. it's actually Donjons and Dragons, which I think is really good. <laughs> um, I'm a huge Wait, Joseph Gordon-Levitt fan. Stop. Wait, is it really Donjons? Donjons. Yeah. I've, is that I've, why there's that really fucking incredible website, Donjons, that like is so many useful RPG and D and D things? Maybe. Is it like Donjons.fr? Is it is it a French website? Oh my god, it's donjon.bin.sh. Josh, was the website in French and you didn't notice the whole time? <laughs> it's not in French. Let me make sure my Wait, Google Josh, isn't translating it. No, are you, Google's not uh, Josh, translating it. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you in French? Josh, can you speak French? S'il vous plaît? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know any French. I, I've, I've never studied French. In my I got life. removed from 8th grade French class. What? I'm was sorry. The, was it because you were protesting the yeah. whole French fries, freedom it, fries thing at the was, time? You Fuck. caught me. You caught me. That's 100% um, why. In 2008? Josh, thank, thank you for taking a stand. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to chapter 13. Jesus. Um, I do just want to say, we didn't actually uh, bring up in the show the part where Fiddler says the phrase, the Malazan Book of the Fallen. Um, so I did just he doesn't say, say the Malazan, he just says, no, he, of the Fallen. he says, he literally says Malazan Book of the Fallen. No, he does not. He just uh, says the Book of the in Fallen. In that Malazan Book of the Fallen, the historians will write of our suffering. Let me see the version of book you have. Oh, that cover's wrong. Ooh, AJ, reading, a, that, AJ oh, I think you're reading the French AJ, copy, actually. Did you, I did you get that? Did you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You bought that. <laughs> I don't the French versions have, like, really good covers or something, isn't that? Um, like, not as good as lot, Japanese A ones. lot of the European language editions have really cool covers. And, <laughs> oh, I think the Mark Samanti ones are the French edition. I think you're correct. Right, um, I'm going to go ahead and read the next thing. Wait, Josh, are we not going to talk about the Book of the Fallen thing? It's... Dust of dreams. He did it, folks. Told yeah, I just hounds. wanted to, I just wanted to bring it out. It didn't have to be on the show, but I guess now it is. Yeah. Um, it is on the show is, for sure. Is the cover? Is this? Is this? Uh, Yedin Derig? Is this Lightfall? Is that a dragon oh, coming through? Is it? I've There's never, a dragon I've coming never, through for sure. I have no comment, Josh. Yeah. Hey, I've never looked at the. Co- I've never paid attention to the covers. Chapter thirteen. The Letheri march and are catching up to the Bokondo. Erenicht and Brice bring up the rear of the army and welcome three strangers to the army. They struggle to communicate, but one of them is called Faint. Faint speaks to the ghost of sweetest sufferance about the Letheri, their similarity to the Malazans, and whether Precious will be able to communicate with them. Erenicht uses magic to speak with Precious Thimble, and they discuss the Wasteland, their situation, and Precious warns them that the Malazans will betray them. Erenicht then speaks to the Breeze about this conversation. Spax and Spalutha have sex before Spax meets with the Brastle. They speak with an apparition of Falash about Ontos Falak and preparing to face the Forkal Assail. After Falash disappears, Abrastel tells Spax to- How the fuck is Peter not going to mention that Hood's there? Abrastel tells Spax to warn the Letheri, but they don't think they will tell the Parish. They don't think they can trust Tenacalion. At the end, they both agree they have faith in Tavor. Krugava reflects on what has happened with both Tavor and Tenacalion, and wonders about what to do next. Gessler is also considering what to do next. Bent and Roach remind him of Aaron Way, and his promise to die for that dog that saved him. He speaks with Caleth about the different armies, and agree they can't do anything about the parish, but believe Breeze leads the other. Gessler and Caleth see a vision of Krugava headed into the desert, and they go to tell Stormy about it. Alright, uh, so, um languages speaking of learning french mm-hmm. am i right yeah have you ever struggled to communicate with trigold trade guild members 
kind of a big kind of a big plot point sometimes i feel like the languages of all is kind of just glossed over yeah i do feel like languages are at least talked about sometimes and then the idea that everyone has these different languages and it is interesting that they have a whole knot here that's just about communicating and it does kind of create an interesting problem for them to solve that relates to holtz and uh, you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um i i really like that it's not been talked about since like book four I love the nod to previous discussions about how the Letheri are really working off an absolutely bastardized version of everything they know. The holds, uh, you know, are obviously the one that most relates to what we talk about. But like the fact that the Letheri are using a version of the first Empire language that is so absolutely terrible compared to and and versus like she's like oh so you know precious thibble's talking like a noble and precious thibble's like no you're just talking like a fucking idiot like (laughs) nothing i'm doing i i loved it so much yeah all right so let's touch in with some of this well before i actually do let me ask you guys this Mm. these three chapters boom 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 we're kind of visiting i would say the kind of three different sections of the story that we keep cycling between how do you feel about those three different segments? Do you feel like you look forward to some more than others? How do you think about these people? Mm. How to compare them with them? I'm just a little curious about because I I somewhat see you know this is these are I feel like somewhat representative. So we've frequently cycle between these different casts. Yeah, AJ, um, definitely. I've also noticed this kind of consolidation of storylines. Uh, I would say in terms yeah. of the the rest of the series. Is there one that I look forward to more? I love the shake stuff. And I so I think that's my answer. And I think the one I probably look forward to the least is all of the bone hunter soldier stuff. Interesting. Even though, like I said, in the moment reading the sections, I'm like, this rules. I love being around these people after the fact. It's all just gone out of my out of my brain. Um, I think that's the only reason I'm not a huge fan of those bits is just because I, I can't grasp onto the things I feel like I should be grasping onto. And they just feel like things that on a second read, I would be able to tune more into because I would know, you know, I would know the broad strokes of where everything is going. So I could concentrate on these smaller things I think is, is probably where I end up. But Hmm. And Josh, what about you? I think these three sections, I really have enjoyed everything. And I would push back, Peter, and say you've forgotten about a key thing that we keep switching into in this book, which is uh, people in place being horrendously depressed, <laughs> period. How, well, how relate? Josh, Unclear. I, Josh, I would say that is a pillar of the Malazan Book of the Fall. Yes. So <laughs> okay. like when you're like, Josh, how do you feel about, you know, there's so many people here and they're doing so many things. It's like, I'll fucking take that over the centuries. They weigh on my conscience. Right. I'm the know. total opposite, Josh. I would no. so much rather someone be I upset for 10 pages. Every fucking, every tool scene, I, am, <sighs> I, I burn through so fast. I cannot. All right. Maybe that's why book five is my favorite book. Probably. Pillar, pillar of the Book of the Fallen, sad guy feeling lonely. Pillar yes. of the Book of the Fallen, soldiers busting each other's balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. P- pillar of the Malazan Book of the Fallen, two friends going somewhere. Two friends, pillar big, the, big two friends. Pillar yeah. of the Malazan Book of the Fallen. Oh, wait, what's that? I showed up somewhere. Some sort of weird magical energy said something or gave me a cryptic message. Yeah. And we're unclear about what it means, where we are or who said it. 
yeah. or a jade hand burst out of my entire body and yeah. ruined my life. Uh, Pillar of the Malazan, Book of the Fallen. You meet a new person and they die at the end of that page. Ah, that's a classic. Uh, yeah. Pillar of the Malazan, Book of the Fallen. There's like five paragraph intro before we learn the character's name. Um, God, that one's big. But um, AJ. Uh, we touch in with Erenicht and Bryce, and then mm. later in the chapter, we see what's going on with the Balkondo forces, and we're kind of seeing these various armies that are the, in addition to the Bone Hunters. Mm. What is your read on the state of these different forces? Because they are really in a different status than the Bone Hunters and all those soldiers POVs that we kind of cycle between. Yeah, I, I think as much as it feels like the Bone Hunters are like playing catch up with whatever Tavor's plans are. It feels like these other armies are like playing catch up with like where even the fuck they are. Like what is like what is even happening? You know what I mean? Uh, in, in some ways, Josh, what's your read on the state of this, these armies? I would say we're on a knife's edge for the most part here. I think so much of the these armies success is going to rely upon just the strength of their commanders in a lot of ways. Tavor's strength and ability to keep her various people below her able to sustain their pace, able to make it through this this really torturous environment without like fully abandoning hope. It's up to Stormy and Gessler to kind of wrangle four armies together and probably be realistically be the main like bulk of the forces that are fighting. Uh, and I don't really know how they're going to manage to do that. It's going to be a lot of just logistical issues and then the fucking gray helms the parish are like the giant question mark on everyone's mind uh because are they an ally are they a, a liability unclear i i think it's really uh, a bad time strategically for everybody mm -hmm. interesting um do we think that Tisty Andy left Black Coral to go back to Carcanus and they're going to show up and help the Sheik and that's going to break the cycle of the Sheik killing themselves for the Tisty Andy and not getting, and the Tisty Andy not being involved? But it, like these Tisty Andy are going to come back and they're going to break that cycle by like fighting side by side with the Sheik and accepting them. They're going to show up and be like, what's up, Sandalith? And she's going to be yeah. like, please it's help. It's time to shake and bake and then right through the light fall. Yeah. I assume. I draw. I threw magnets across the room. I was going to say, I heard a thunk. I, was I threw I a set of magnets. I don't get it. I feel like you saying shake it off, just the shake, and then you said and bake, and that's not a part of that. No. What is that? Well, I said shake and bake a la Talladega Nights, the yeah. bow to Ricky Bobby. But that's shake not how they bake. say shake in the movie. Josh. And bake. They do. Yeah, shake they and bake. There's a pause. You did a double clap. Uh, for emphasis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay um yeah i'm just gonna come out and say it too many people in this book there's too many people there's too many groups we're in too many places and i think i'm having a hard time keeping all the threads in my hand i'm really <laughs> i really am floundering toward the middle section of this book and i just we need to all meet up we all need to meet up so that we can hey kind of can we uh can we actually link up can we link up soon? Can we Do link up? It's, it's and AJ, can I remind you hmm. that in addition to all these armies and all these people in there, yeah. there is also a girl possibly leading an army of wolves and all of the Talani masks. We'll see that one I get. Including <laughs> the two that left, and we have to remember them, and Olar Ethelin gang. 
Yeah, Josh, I got to tell you, those 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 groups of people, I totally understand what's happening with them. I totally get that because it's like, here's four dudes and then here's a girl and a hundred, a thousand wolves, whatever. Like I get I can I can kind of keep my hand on that. But uh, the people we learned about um, 500 plus 1400 pages ago, I'm like, man, I wish that I had a firmer grasp of what is happening. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I hear what you're saying. There are a lot of characters introduced in these books. Um, one could say too many, but the thing is this. What if you didn't meet Ulog Tugtil? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Could you imagine? <laughs> I like, can't you, imagine uh, my yeah. life meeting so Ulog different. Tugtil. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and, and Peter, if I were to ask what Tulog Ugfil's <laughs> <laughs> identifying feature is, can you tell me what it is? Um... It's that tug, baby. It's that um, tugboat he's pulling around. I'm just going to tug till I'm tired. It's a fucking tugboat he drags everywhere. Um, all right. I assume you mean his ass. Um, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, Although we do get some balls He's graduated from here. dump truck to towboat. Is that what <laughs> we're Tugboat, yeah. Tugboat, yeah. We do get some balls talking here somewhere. Right. I don't and know as if Josh noticed, I didn't really care that much about the hood, Spacks, about a Brastel Felosh conversations. Why? Why didn't you care about that, Peter? I'm allowed. To, I'm allowed to have my feelings. Okay. Shirkalal shows up in a different yeah. storyline. I did like the description of the crystal. That's cool. With a diamond in her head. What's yeah, up that's with that? Cool. Well, she's had that. Yeah, oh, you're she's right. had that for a while. About that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I fully forgot that that is a part of her whole identity. That's yeah, crazy. Dude. Yeah. She straight up Diablo okay, two. Okay, AJ. So why do you care about it, and you think I'm a dumbass or whatever you just said with your eyes? Uh, because like I said, there's too many threads, and I would like them all to come together, please. And here we are. Here's some threads coming together. I think Hood is cool. I like Hood being like a character. I think that's very fun that he is just in the story now, and I I like these characters. I think having these characters together is fun. I think the back stuff. I don't know if I'm just misremembering Spax or if I wasn't really paying attention when Spax was talking before. I feel like Spax has so much personality in this section that I feel like in the last like book I was not keyed into for some reason. I've got to say I've really come around on Spax. Yeah, I think I'm he's a, great. I, I'm a I'm a Spax apologist. I'll, I'll say it. Yeah, I mean, I seems pretty unproblematic, right? Um, I like his relationship with Aranix. <laughs> <laughs> Are we talking about the same person? Yeah, it's his relationship with Aranect? No, not Aranect. Um fucking what's her name? Oh, the queen, the, the queen. The queen. A Brastel yeah. Irish. A Brastel, yeah. thank you. I mean the relationship is like he fucked her daughter 5 feet away from her <laughs> and that's not like the greatest scene. Is that the, is that the relationship? No. Wow. One, Pretty sex negative, Josh. <laughs> no, Bad look, 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 the show. Hey, hey Bad we, the show. this show is sex positive. I'm just saying, do you think a parent typically wants to hear that? Um, and he, he knows she can hear it. <laughs> well, they have All a right. whole conversation about it. Obviously, he knows she can hear it. Yeah. But anyway... And that's what I'm saying. Like moments like that, where 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 he's where he's talking to a Brastle about this these things. Um, like I feel like this was not the Spax who was in Dust of Dreams, who was just like a Brastle was like Spax, go go tell whoever this thing, and he was like yes, okay. Um, or he was like kind of skeptical about what was going on, but I feel like here he is he is a full fully realized person. 
you know, and I don't know if that's just me not remembering stuff from the last book or what, but there's a lot more SPAC stuff in this book. I agree with you. Yeah. I yeah. don't think, I don't think you're making this up. Yeah, um, thank you. <laughs> it is. I also think it's interesting. I do think it's interesting in the scene when they talk about their commanders and their points of view on their commanders. Like Josh said, the commanders here are obviously different than Tavor and Tavor's like, um, management style is really being put on display in the bone hunter storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh, uh, we, Check in with Krugava, and let me just ask you this simple question. Um, mm. Would you kill Tenakalian? <laughs> am I me or am I Krugava? Um, well, you can answer both. I, I 100% agree with Krugaga's reasoning from her point of view. At the same time, I would love Tenakalian to be dead right now. Oh, oh that would be so would go down so nice. <laughs> Cold yeah, glass of I, water, dead Tana Callian. Oh. <laughs> Just Josh, a glass of water being the chaser is really funny. <laughs> what? Okay, watches a man get murdered in front of him. Someone hands him an ice cold glass of water, downs it. it cracks sounds open like, a um, liquid death. It sounds, oh, dude, I've gotten so fucking into liquid death. It's a real problem. <laughs> is that true? Um, they're, they're too expensive, man. They are they're too so expensive. Good. But hey, they're so, easier to recycle than plastic. Yeah. You can also drink tap water. Crazy. Um, Pete, not everybody, ha- not everywhere has potable tap water. Okay, I hear you. Pretty classist of you. Wow. Okay. Pretty classist. I, I would you. love to spend, you, you should try spending $11 for a can of water. <laughs> <laughs> That's much less yeah. classist. That's right. Yeah. Get those bourgeoisie <laughs> attitudes about tap water out of here, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Buy upscale canned water. <laughs> all right um aj the last scene of this book is with gessler and it's, mm. I, uh, there's the stuff where he's reflecting on ben and roach is cool i think it's really cool when he talks to caleb about her past yeah um and then also they kind of notice krugava so i'm interested to hear what you think they might be doing but first did you have any thoughts about their talks about the dogs um yeah. and about the kayla stuff yeah i loved all of the him seeing himself in bent and stuff Mm. and like all the stuff that they've been through. I just thought that was like a really a deeper moment out of Gessler than we have ever gotten of Mm. him, like dealing with feelings, having feelings, not just, you know, not just busting Stormy's balls, you know, just talking to the talking to the dog in the way that a person talks to a dog. Like, Oh, we've seen a lot. Haven't we all that gray on our muscles? (laughs) Like, that's how people talk to dogs when they're just like hanging out with no one around and it's just a dog, you know, I don't know. It just felt very real um, and and very grounded, which is fun coming from a character that is like God adjacent. On that note, I did mention to Josh on a recent epigraphs episode, mm. the animal animals as people, animal rights, like talking about that. The animal aspect is really a strong note that's hitting this time through this book. And there's some late late line related to this earlier there. It's like dogs are like born as like slaves in chains. Yeah, or they're it's born something very as... in- yeah, intense. I don't have the exact quote. But... Um, yeah. What's his name? It's when um, uh, who's with Lestara? Is it Hannet or is that his name? Hygar Varn. Hennard Var. Yeah. Uh, Vigal. Uh, is talking about. Dogs. D- Hennard, dogs are bred to be four legged slaves. Ever seen a wolf smile? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But, uh, but right before that, those his dad animals is, are wild. Yeah. They have lived in utter free ma- freedom. 
So see one you like. Yeah. Um, and then that leads to the dog's line. That's I, that's I, I, I that's an interesting parallel. I didn't even draw that. Um, but I do think that is interesting. And then they see Krukava. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. So we all we all think they're uh, gonna do. Man, I don't know. <laughs> I'm so tired, Peter. Everyone's tired on the call. No predictions today. Um, all right. Well, I asked you this question before, but I will ask you a modification of it now. Uh, AJ, mm. wh- what storyline are you excited to follow up on in the next book? Uh, I am really curious about what the snake's up to. I want to know what mm. Badal's doing. I want to know what we're doing with Held, who is used to be womb or whatever. I'm curious about that stuff. I, I think every time we come back there, I'm like, Ooh, what's happening next. Uh, but I think the one that I'm like really keyed into is tools whole thing. I think tools is really interesting from a, a literal and metaphorical figurative lens as well. Uh, Cause he is obviously dealing with a lot. Uh, and I like that. I love a sad, I love a sad old, old person. So, uh, the tool stuff, I think, will be my final answer for that. All right, Josh. Light, fall, light, fall, light, fall, light. I want to, I'm excited for light, fall. I can't believe we've been venga Oh. All right, everyone. That'll do it for us today. Um, let us know what you think of at 10 Very Big Books on Twitter at Gmail. And don't forget, we have the Malatan Stream of the Fallen coming up Woo. this summer, July 22nd. Woo. We are playing games, answering your questions. We're going to be talking about all about the series, but um, please join us. We'd really love to have you. We're going to stream for about 10 hours or so. Going to be a blast. And come, if you want to see come. the real raunchy stuff, stick around for the 11th hour. You can subscribe. <laughs> yeah. Okay, AJ, 10 is already way too long to be on stream we cannot promise more yeah where where do all our inhibitions go after we've been streaming for 10 hours i'm feeling right. pretty crazy right now all right i'd do AJ, anything for I'm a hour see, is, there like an, is there like an only fans pun we can do here with malazan okay you can see our only zans and yeah. real stuff okay i think only zans is a bad brand for us josh okay bad branding my okay. official opinion i can't think of anything else that ends in ants Daruchistan? Oh. 1999's Ants. Okay, thank you. I'll I'll say come. You say passion. Come. Passion. Passion. Go birds. I'll say come. You say passion. Have you I'm, I'm and, for, and for posterity, AJ, I yeah. really need to know. Hmm. Did you edit last episode yet? This AJ I have not have edited. Yet, I have so not, TV but day. I will just be taking the sync track I have and popping that in in those moments. OK, because I was like, does it actually show up on my recording? I don't think it does. I think you just have to go off me being like, yeah, <laughs> just complete silence. I have to guess the right. <laughs> I like we got done and that was my only thought because then I was like, wait a minute. I don't think my computer audio goes in because yeah. then they would know how often I watch YouTube videos when right. uh, when I shouldn't be. Uh, and so I, then I was like, wait a minute, then it definitely didn't YouTube get caught. Videos? You can't you prove it. Fucking, fucking scoundrel. <laughs> Leave the show, Josh. Wait, this, this is can't my favorite one. This is my favorite one.
It's just a single. It's just a single oh, duck here, quack. And actually, here I'll give you a noise you can use for that. Quack. Oh, yeah, sorry, no, it was too high. It was too high. Quack. There it is. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I knew I had it in me. Yeah. It sounded a lot like your Waluigi. All right.